we see a purple and gold figure with number four on their shoulder meeting up with their loving partner in the village. We see them welcoming a few different young children into their shared home. We see a few years go by, quite a few years go by, and then all of a sudden we see the sky go bright purple, black, red, green, white, gold, and then dusty. The young adults constantly question their remaining father, where their dad is, why he hasn't returned, etc. We see the name Aya above the mantle as more pictures get added constantly once people go missing, once people's time passes. We continue to see time pass. There's less family members, more somber expressions, and yet we see new members as well. Some joy on excited new parental faces. Always on the mantle, we see images of those no longer with us that keep an ever-vigilant watch. And then we fade to black. Welcome back, everybody, to Queering People's Saving Throws. It's the coolest D&D podcast set in this world with the Paragon and all these other lovely people. Why don't we go around the circle and introduce ourselves? Hi, my name is Elena, and pronouns she, they. And in this game, I play Gemma, and my pronouns is her or she, her. My fun fact for this week is that Gemma's favorite show was I Love Lucy, uh, because she used to watch reruns of it with Moira all the time. And the thing is, Gemma actually really hated the show and was not impressed with it at all. But <laughs> Moira loved it so much that she put up with watching it and now affectionately treasures it. Yeah, that's very cute. Adorable. I'm KJ and my pronouns are they, she, and I play Courtney, whose pronouns are she, her. And uh, piggybacking off of Lizzie's fun fact from last episode, where Lizzie's favorite uh, Halloween costume was Paris Hilton. <laughs> Courtney's costume was Tara, was Tara Reed. Beautiful. Good uh, pair costume for the two yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. Thank you to those three celebrities for hanging out <laughs> in groups all of the time. <laughs> you, made, you made group costumes easy. <laughs> My name is August. My pronouns are they, them. And I play Avery, pronouns he, him. And my fun fact about Avery is several of his childhood hospital visits happened after birthday parties because that's when he would eat a lot of chocolate cake and then get very, very sick. <laughs> I love it. I love that so much. It's so good. One of the one of the prompts that Noah had left in the document about fun facts was like allergies. And I was like, well, this is an easy question. <laughs> what are what all, are the, all things? the things that dogs are allergic to? And what makes the best story? I love it. Every, he kept coming back for more though every year it was every year it was almost for several years it was like an annual hospital trip I imagine your parents were not a fan no uh not at all not at all they did figure it out after about like the third birthday that it happened and we're like you know what i think maybe we don't go with chocolate cake this year <laughs> maybe <laughs> you can have any other kind you just any other flavor anything <laughs> please love it Hi, my name is Sam. My pronouns are she, they, and I play Mo, whose pronouns are they, them. And my fun fact for Mo this week is that their favorite childhood movie was The Lion King. And they would watch it over and over again because they loved all the animals and the nature. And and not emotionally damaging at all, I'm sure. No, not at all. Did they have a crush on anyone in the movie, though? Ooh, 
There is a correct answer here. There is a correct answer here. I'm looking for, I'm prompting you for a very specific answer. I don't know what answer you want me to give. No, just the honest one. Okay. What character in The Lion King? Which character would Mo have been into? Mo have been into? Probably Nala. Okay. That is the correct answer. <laughs> One of two. I, I would have accepted Nala or Simba, but yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, yes, either of those. But like yeah. for like yeah. a, a character like Mo, a queer character like Mo. But Nala's the one who gives you the bedroom eyes. Mm-hmm. 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 And they knew and it. Nala, yeah. I feel like, like that was an awakening, awakening for many young lesbians. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the energy I was going for. Yes. Yeah. Okay, beautiful. My name is Noah. My pronouns are he, him, and I play everybody else many different pronouns your pronouns are yes <laughs> my pronouns are yes and <laughs> <laughs> my fun fact this week is lizzie's favorite hobby was reading magazines and taking all the quizzes and guessing which answers yes. courtney would answer and then testing courtney on those to see how correct <laughs> she got nine times out of ten it's perfect so vividly in my mind the yeah. first part of that, I was like, Noah, why are you using fun facts from my childhood? <laughs> Such sibling energy oh my right God. there. <laughs> Such twin energy. As the twin question, I love that. <laughs> All right, now that you've met everybody, it's time to get you caught up on what happened last week. Here we go. Uh, last time we were... Embarking out from the mountains, heading our way towards the village, just to try and see what's going on over there. Oh my god, so we were just like totally minding our business, and then these like people were coming at us like from ahead of us and from behind us, and like we totally tried hiding, but they just like would not leave us alone. You know, so we uh had to fight them, was you know going all right, and then uh yeah, um uh took the claws out, so to speak, and uh we uh kicked their ass. Uh, and then we uh, headed out to the village and were uh, confronted by a bunch of people and this person named Captain Aya. Beautiful. Avery, it was a great use of the liberal we. It was mostly, <laughs> mostly the one, but it was a great use. Avery's being a little bit It was a generous we. Yeah, yeah. And it was good. Courtney and Lizzie throw a net on a guy. Yeah, Avery's yeah. trying to make it seem like he didn't just shred a bunch of guys. <laughs> <laughs> he's already having issues dealing with that, processing it. That's fair. Yeah, you know, he's not getting a lot of points from the team for any werewolf activity <laughs> no. after the Bob incident. So he's a... It's a wee. I get it. I get it. <laughs> so we come back and we've got Gemma, Avery, Courtney, and Lizzie all held down by these unknown assailants with pretty slick outfits. Mo sidestepped theirs and is sort of standing face to face with one who's holding a purple shimmering knife up towards them, but not quite at their throat. And just in front of Avery and Gemma, who were leading the pack, is the coolest motherfucker you've ever seen with the coolest outfit. And mm, Avery, will you roll a perception check with advantage? Gemma, you can also roll one, but not with advantage because you're not a werewolf. Oops. Just because you're a little closer than everybody else to pick up on some extra details here. Great, because that first one was not good. 14. Give me something decent. Oh, 19 with a plus five. It's 24. Oh. Okay, so 24 and a 14. 
both pretty good roles, but Gemma, you can clearly see where all of these patches are sewn together. There's hexes involved in the stitch. So not only is it a slick looking outfit, but it's probably a pretty well protected outfit as well. Avery, you can see some slight details in the shoulders and you can see some hexes there, but not quite as intricate as Gemma's. This person repeats their question that they said before and said, I said, who the hell are y'all? Can Gemma react like viscerally because she recognizes them? They've got their face covered, so you can't quite see their face. But I heard that they said... Captain Aya, yeah, absolutely. So Gemma just kind of looks up, like tries to struggle to like see, but hears that the name is Van Aya and just goes, Van, is that you? The person falters a little bit in their powerful pose that they have and kind of take a half step back and they say how do you how do you know that name what's what what kind of <laughs> joke is this no what's what's my my top secret name again oh uh, S- it? sd it's something stw yeah which esty dot yeah. w is still leave some room for you to determine what the name is like it could be estermelda or s <laughs> <laughs> you know there's there's some room there what kind of name is but the other people like would we only have re- have referred to each other by these code names or would they know most likely yeah because uh after a certain amount of time spent at the tyler facility with your memories unknowingly getting erased a few times over you would reverted back to stw as your common colloquialism so Van wouldn't know what SD is short for? Maybe not. Okay. Especially because you hung out with them as your best friend's partner, not necessarily your best friend. Okay. See, but I feel like for that reason, they would know it. That's also fair. That's, okay. that's up to um, you to decide more than. Okay. But also the version of STW they knew was a lot less forthcoming with information like that. You know, a little bit more True. stoic. But your best friend's partner... Mm. There's some room there. Yeah. Okay. Van, it's me, Estella. They blink, don't seem to have much of a change in their expression, but they gesture at the figure holding you to let you up. And you struggle to your feet, and they say, Estella, that's not a name I'm familiar with. SDW, we work together at Tyler. They glance back. Tyler was my best friend. They kind of scoff at you and say the Tyler facility hasn't been in use for going on 80 years now what sort of trickery is this and the, the person next to you lifts their blade back up towards you listen I I wish I could explain it's it's a lot of confusing wormhole falling through and explosions and quite honestly a whole lot of bullshit but I, I'm it's me I promise I swear they pull their face covering down and they say I'm serious. I don't know who you are. I'm Captain Mikaya, and I have never seen you before in my life. I haven't known a time when the Tyler facility was operational, and you don't recognize their face. You recognize parts of their bone structure, maybe, but you don't know this person. Okay. What did they say their first name was? Mick. M-I-K. Oh, man. Did you know of Van Ale? Of course. I've seen their picture on the mantle for years, but I'd never known them. They vanished long before I came about. Is that what you came here looking for? You came looking for my grandfather? Your grandfather. She gestures to everyone else to be let up. 
the the person standing in front of Mo kind of glares at them and then mm-hmm. backs away into the shadows, okay. sheaths their knife. So we can all stand up now. Yeah, we didn't come here to hurt anyone. We just we came here looking for Van, and just, I thought he might be here. And you brought one of them with you, one of those abominable creatures, gesturing at Avery. How dare you? Will snar? Who will snar? Who ha- like the? I feel like the adrenaline of being thrown to the ground and then re- let up means they are holding it back a little bit, and there will be a snarl. totally eat you. I just like wouldn't do that. Captain Aya does a slight chuckle. <laughs> uh, they they may try, and knowing how things work here, they probably will. They haven't tried to eat you yet. That's kind no, of we're like kind of friends, like. Oh, Avery looks at Courtney and looks devastated at the kind of there. Like face draw, whole expression drops. And and just kind of says it looks very quiet, like kind of. Lizzie says, that's better than it was a couple of days ago. Keep your priorities straight. We're we're in a conflict right now. These people look bad as hell. And in a good way. She I will say kind of friends is about as good as you're probably gonna get for Courtney. <laughs> I, I feel like kind of friends at Courtney speak is like we're I know that and you know that, but Avery doesn't know that. Yeah. Elizabeth yeah. goes for a high five with Avery. <laughs> I feel like Gemma just like protectively like puts her oh, hands wow. up to like cover everybody and just goes, All of these people are my friends and they're safe, I promise you. Avery will return the high five. As you raise your arm, the two people that were standing next to you pull their blades back out in a defensive pose. But <laughs> Allow the high five to commence. <laughs> There's no claws in the high five. He's trying. He's really trying. Captain A uh, glances around at everybody and says, Well, if you aren't aware of how the monsters kind of uh, attack unprovoked, then maybe maybe you might be just what we're looking for. Are you not from around here? Not at all. Yeah, I wouldn't say so. Can you tell us what happened to the town? It looks like it's been attacked or something. She does a long sigh and says, well, I guess we've got guests then. Come on, let's let's meet back at the campsite. And does some subtle finger motions to a few of the other figures standing around and they seemingly vanish into alleyways around the corner at breakneck speed. And she gestures for y'all to follow and starts walking further into the village. Mo was going to say under their breath, you didn't answer my question. She over her shoulder calls out, I will just let's get inside before we get attacked. Oh my God. Yes, these days. And Lizzie says, Yeah, Mo, that was kind of rude. Do you not see how badass she is? She can definitely hear all of us. I bet she can read our minds and starts holding a finger to her head, trying to test that theory. <laughs> Avery will kind of pull back to where uh, Gemma is and go, Are you, uh, are we uh, 100% sure? Following them's the safest move right now. Don't know what other choice we have. Just saying, they don't seem to take too kindly to, to my kind. We got you, Avery. Trust me. Don't worry. <laughs> they might have magic, but so do we, and we're not going to let anything happen to you. All right, but they come after me. I'm, I ain't keeping these things. You have my permission to rip anyone who comes after you to shreds. He'll give her a thumbs up, <laughs> <laughs> and then again follow. You move a bit further into the town, not a great distance, but a couple of streets down until you reach a house that's relatively untouched. There's some 
scorch marks on the outside and one of the walls is collapsed, but they've been using it as a doorway. And inwards, there's a nice little bunked area around with sleeping areas set up and some collections of items, a few chests that people have held onto. Very ramshackle, very... None of it matches, right? It's all been pulled from other areas to here. And in the center, there's a courtyard where there's a nice little campfire and, uh, you know, a fire roasting spit sort of set up a couple of cauldrons. That's what those are called. I was going to say pots, but cauldrons are cooler. (laughs) There's a, a bunch of different figures that have similarly patchworked outfits all around. Not as many as you would expect from a building of this size. There's plenty more sleeping areas than there are people. There's maybe maximum of 15 total in this whole building. And as you make it into the courtyard, Captain Aya gestures at a couple of seating spots and says, well, maybe we should get caught up then, see where you folks come from, why you're traveling with a creature. And why they haven't have a name. struck at you yet. Oh, yes, creature. What what name is that? Do you know your family name? <laughs> Thomas? Thomas. Hmm. That's uh, my family's name, as far as I know. Yes, and these Thomas people, do they share your affinity for claws and violence and blood? They raised me to, you know, not hit unless someone hits you first, but... She cocks her head and, hmm, so now hold up. You you weren't raised with your own people? My family raised me. I don't know what you're... Apologies, implying. apologies. Maybe, maybe it's best if we begin from the start. How did you discover these powers of yours, these abilities? And she is very intently leaning forward. You notice one or two of the others are not sitting at the same area as you, but turning their heads so they can hear as well. Everybody's mostly staring at Avery in, uh, in shock. No offense, ma'am, but considering you were all too keen on calling me a creature just a minute or two ago here, I uh, ain't so sure how much of my family history I won't really want to share. All right, tit for tat then. We... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I just broke character there. It felt bad as I was <laughs> saying it, so that was fine. <laughs> She leans back in her stool and says, The story goes, many, many decades ago, at least nine decades by now, this village was a peaceful place of harmony where people of all sorts lived together. There were creatures, there were hunters, they called themselves, and there was our people, those who use hexes and spells to balance nature and restore balance to those around us. We were called witches, but we sort of tried to stray away from that. It was a peaceful place, and then ages ago, some 300 years odd, there was a place built into the mountain. There was a a research facility who did vile experiments on all different sorts of us here. They came in the name of peace and prosperity, but they were cruel and abusive in nature. And they kidnapped people from time to time. I, of course, wasn't there for that, but I've heard the stories. My father passed down stories from my grandfather, who 
married someone from the facility and it seemed that there were peaceful people there and gestures at Gemma and says potentially more than just the one, but their experiments were never, never about peace and prosperity. They seek to control the arts. That's, that's everything we stand against here in this beautiful realm. Do you know where we are? She glances around at everybody at the table or the circle. Literally, no. And I just would like to, like, know how far we are from Texas. Because my sister and I would like to go home. Oh, my God. Yes, please. Really assuming we're not in Texas anymore. You could answer that question. That would be great. Captain Aya says, I've never once heard of Texas. Is it near the realm of Woodstock? Uh, Not Woodstock, New York? Or, you know, the music festival. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was... Oh, wait. Is it not New York? Yeah, you're right. No, no, he's just... Yes, Woodstock, the great music festival realm. Uh, Our great founders of this village came from there. They originated, they made a decision once they heard some some glorious band. They, They referred to it as LSD, and they heard the beautiful music there and followed the arts to here, one of the prime arts. And they set up bass, created harmony. Or at least that's how the story goes. But that was Did nearly... Did someone slip something into our drinks without us knowing it or something? He's oh. looking around at the, the party, not at them. Yeah. He's looking around at the party. I assure you, poison is just high. not our, our field at all. That would be the hunters and their remnants. They love to poison people. They're cowards of all different sorts. But if this realm you speak of, this Woodstock-adjacent realm, Texas, is your home, then how, I wonder how you ended up there. I apologize. What is your name, young one? I'm like Corby, and this is my sister Lizzie. Yes, of course. And the rest of (laughs) y'all? She gestures politely to the rest of the group. Avery, Thomas. Hmm. Moez has been looking very confused and (laughs) wary (laughs) up until this point and they hesitantly say uh i'm mo Mm, strong names all around then i i suspect you've heard the prophecy already then i think that avery you might be our answer we've been looking for the outcast return to the route and if you have no knowledge of your family history or name, then this could very well be a great opportunity for all of us. And she speaks in a more hushed tone as she says that. An opportunity for what exactly? To restore balance to our prime art here. What do you mean your prime art? I, I I'm skipping ahead, yes. Back when the Tyler facility fell some 80 years ago... <laughs> Some 80 years ago ago by now, there was an event, they called it. The sky flashed multiple different colors, and in those flashes, every creature that we called friend, I say we, obviously, I wasn't alive back then, I'm much too young and fit to be that, but she glances at Gemma confusedly, and then I, they say that Every creature known to us, every friend, every everything that wasn't human 
changed. Their entire nature at the base level became aggressive and violent, and they caused chaos everywhere. There were multiple families cut down entirely that day. I have been lucky that the AF family endured. Otherwise, I never would have come to be. Wait, so is that what happened to the town? Mostly. That's how it started, yes. There was chaos and paranoia everywhere. Once the monsters, sorry, the creatures fell, there was a great divide. The hunters became just as anxious and paranoid as my witch ancestors, and the town fell into a sort of civil war. All of the creatures were forced out. They would not be able to sustain a peaceful, harmonic living, so they returned to the woods and the fields. That sort of explains uh, some of what we uh, met on our journey here. Ah, then. Yes, the five bodies that uh, we did not witness your encounter, but it seems that all of you made it through unscathed. They glance at Gemma's arm, and she says, oh, well, not about quite. entirely unscathed. And she kind of waves at somebody across the, the courtyard, and they bring over an arm bandage and start wrapping you up and putting some salve on it and getting you taken care of so you can restore a d4 of damage of helping. And the rest of the city fell into a sort of civil war with the witches taking refuge in one side and the hunters forcing their way into the other and constantly trying to take more resources that were left behind. And these blasted hunters have been taking more than their fair share recently. They, we had agreed upon a mutually beneficial plan where we had the south end of the city and they had the north end. But more and more, we've seen them in the east. And it's been, it's been a rough couple of years trying to ensure that my people are safe and sound. And for that, I, I do apologize that we took such drastic measures when we first met, but can't be too careful now and then. We, of course, witnessed your true form, Avery, as you were approaching. We are very, very good at blending into the shadows and observing. But there was a prophecy that came about with the founding of the village. In the center of town, we had a truly remarkable, from the pictures, of course, it was a remarkable obelisk of sorts with a carved prophecy that spoke of one day we would be able to ensure the paragon's success and restore balance to the valley. But if you don't know anything about the prophecy, then you may be exactly who we're looking for. And she's making direct eye contact with Avery specifically. Above table question. Yeah. How long ago did the whole sky lighting up nonsense happen? 74 years, I think. Okay, so... I don't know if you can answer this. Is this, was that when I blew everybody up? Yeah. Okay. So I thought. Because <laughs> you so, released the grenade into the Paragon, where when you had run in, there were a bunch of different colors and energies swirling around. So as, uh, as Mick is describing this, Gemma starts to kind of shift uncomfortably, connecting the dots of the fact that she may have caused 
this terrible happening to this town. I'm going to have Captain Aya roll to see if she notices. Ooh, and she got an 18, so... (laughs) She breaks eye contact with Avery and says, And yet, you claim you were from the Tyler facility. Gemma, was it? Or Estella? Which... What's the, uh, what's the story there? Uh, I go by Gemma now. It was a nickname from someone I lost. And she kind of just like trails off for a minute, um, thinking about Moira and everything. Yes, I, I, I was there at the facility. Oh, I don't know if Gemma should say it or not. You can do a little glance to everybody else for confirmation. Yeah, Gemma's going to look to like the companions and be trying to stay with her eyes like, do I tell them? Mo is slightly shaking their head with like wide eyes. Being Courtney's like, also a no. <laughs> no. Lizzie's looking at the stew and thinking about that. <laughs> Lizzie's not even paying attention. She's just hungry. Avery's brain is sort of swimming. There's like, there's no visibly clear emotion other than confusion on his face. Oh. And yet you claim to have known my grandfather, Grandfather Van. What's... And what was the partner's name? The one that was my friend? That was B.R. Howitt. Yes, well, your grandfather was the partner of one of my best friends who was there at the facility with us. Yeah, I I knew them before the accident. At this, she perks up and says, you knew Grandfather Howitt? And there's a twinge of excitement in her voice. I did. He, he was my best friend. He was... I didn't let a lot of people close in those days, but how it was the best. Just knew how to connect with you and just was always there for me. At this, she stands up and walks over to the far end of the courtyard, back inside the building almost. And you see a mantle place above a fireplace that has long since been unused. And she grabs the center portrait and pulls it down, brings it closer, and is staring at it very deep in thought, and then notices something about it, and raises her eyes to Gemma, and then looks back, and then back to Gemma, and says, okay, so what if I believe you? And she hands the picture over, and you see a picture of B.R. Howitt and Van Aya, and just ever so slightly in the background, you see a younger version of Gemma walking by as the picture got taken. Obviously a hex picture. It's not like a normal earth picture, but. (laughs) You know, Gemma tears up immediately and just hands it back kind of like wordlessly. Captain A.S. says, of course, they're they're both long gone now. But the story goes that Grandpa Howitt was never once seen again once the sky changed colors. Uh, He was supposed to come back that evening to share in some big family dinner and Clearly he never made it, and it never ended up happening because the village descended into chaos shortly thereafter, but Grandpa Van never once let us go a day without missing him. And so we have this mantle here to remind us of those that we've lost and loved. And she places it back on the fireplace, and you see there is 20 portraits there, minimum, of losses that they've incurred over the past 80 years. So Van made it out alive. Van was down here in the village whenever everything happened, and he he fought to keep us safe. He took a few knocks himself, but I remember 20 years back, maybe, when I was just a child, and he passed peacefully here in uh, 
here in our safe haven. But ever since that happened, the hunters have become more and more courageous, assuming that there was no one of status to lead us. But once I came of age, I proved myself to my fellow witches. I've kept us strong ever since in his name. Sounds like that. She nods peacefully and then turns back to Avery and says, but now we may be able to do better than just survive. We may be able to restore peace. Come with me now. And gestures for you guys to leave the courtyard with her. More so to Avery, but if anybody else wants to come, feel Uh, free. We're going to get more. You're going to tell us more about what that means? Of course, of course. But it's better to show you. Courtney would like to go. Moa's going to also get up and follow. Avery's going to look at them. Gemma's not letting anybody out for sight. And then if they're moving, <laughs> Avery's going to like open his mouth like he's going to say something else. But when they start moving, he'll stop and, and follow with where they are. Lizzie takes a breath and looks at Courtney and says, I'm going to go try out some of that stew. It looks so good. So I'll just be here. Don't get killed. Can Gemma give her like a venomous look of like, get your ass up and follow us? Yes. Lizzie doesn't care, but. (laughs) Roll for intimidation. Mo is also going to give a disapproving look. Yeah, you can roll for intimidation. (laughs) I feel like this is. Yes. (laughs) Wait, can we all do that? If anybody. Uh, I'm sorry, Avery's not trying to intimidate anyone right now. Courtney rolled a 17. <laughs> Maybe the rest of these people, none of the party. No, I would like to roll with advantage because I'm court because I'm I got an 11. <laughs> so I would like to roll again. <laughs> yeah, that's odd. Oh, that was another thing I noticed back um, when I was re-listening to episode seven. If you feel like you've earned advantage because of some story thing that you've established at some point, please bring it up because it's hard for me to remember all of y'all's and Especially when we characters. Play with gas. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I felt bad about the climbing thing and not giving Mo advantage. So that's, that's, <laughs> I should have known that one, but feel free to be like, right. and because I'm, you know, a climber, can I do it with advantage? Feel free. Okay. Okay. But my first roll is still better anyways. I rolled okay. 17. <laughs> okay. Sometimes advantage doesn't, doesn't do anything for you. It's true. I rolled a 15 and I have a six advantage. So 21. Okay, fine. I'm coming with you, but we better get some of that stew after. Otherwise I'm going to be... So hangry and walks after you guys more than normal. Oh my god, sorry, you know what? We are friends <laughs> now, and does a little high five again. <laughs> he'll give her like a he'll give her like a like oh, you kind of look and give her a, a little bit too enthusiastic high five, honestly. For the circumstances, Lizzie shakes her hand off. Oh, oh my god, <laughs> but still follows. Got my rolls of ice a little bit. Captain Aya starts leading you towards the outskirts of the village where a more southern section. Oh, I should reveal some of that. Whoops. Towards the southern area where it's very clear that they've set up a shrine adjacent type setup. Uh, They have a big stone obelisk type thing, but it is not what you were described it as. It's not an... Gemma, you would have known at some point visiting the village that there was once a big, tall, four-sided obelisk with writing inscribed on it, uh-huh. but you never paid enough attention to it. Well, you could roll history to see if you did. Sure will. Are you fucking kidding me? Is it one? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Like okay. Oh, that's perfect. For narrative reasons, it's perfect. You never paid enough attention to it to know what it said on it, but you just remember a big, large statue in the middle of town. But now in front of you, you see a large stone square with a point at the top and some phrases carved into it. And as Aya approaches, she says, ah, here we go. So this is the prophecy destined to restore peace to the Valley of Arts. And she gestures across it, and it says, Uncontrolled desire seeks to abuse the arts. Next line, arbitrary outcast restored to the route. R-O-U-T, no E. Death's instrument unleashed into mortality. The final line, ensure the paragon. Can you paste the text of that into the group chat? Absolutely. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so she gestures at the first line and says quite clearly this is when the flashes lit up across the sky once tyler did their cruel designs and sought to abuse the arts to their purposes and ruined what most of us called our lives and then at the bottom she points at the ensure the paragon she says clearly we all know the paragon is the perfect device determined to keep everyone safe and restore the arts. So we must ensure the paragon is used to completion. She points to the two middle lines and is a little... Now these two have been quite the source of hmm, contention between our my people. Death's instrument unleashed into mortality feels like the event. And clearly death was brought to the creatures and they sought to fight back against their inner nature but that revealed them fighting against us and massacring dozens of people so this little bit feels like a reference to you avery and points to arbitrary outcast restored to the route and she says with no knowledge of your family history or name you are an outcast are you here to be restored to your route i i don't know He, like, pauses for a second and looks thoughtful and then goes, never really thought about it all that much, but uh, Outcast seems like a might-fit-the-bell little bit. Well, there is one, one way we might be able to test that. There have been reports of incursions by the creatures that still roam these woods in the northeast section of the village, and... I believe if we send you and possibly your compatriots up there, you might be able to interact with them, learn a bit more about your history. Are we sure that they won't just, you know, the last time we met creatures, they weren't so keen on me. Absolutely fair. Absolutely. What color were their eyes, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, white, I think. Ah. Yes, they take a deep breath, and the rumor is that creatures who have been born after the event at the Tyler facility have been different. They've been mm, fractured by whatever happened up there, and they aren't quite who they need to be. So the ones with white eyes feel as if they are not present. There is no soul there to truly decide right from wrong. The ones who were 
around for the event have shown with red eyes, and they've shown to have mercy occasionally. When I was but a child, I got ambushed by one of the last known werewolves we've seen in this area, and they had vicious red eyes snarling and attacked those who made a move towards them. But I, but a child, fell down, and they had a moment to strike, but hesitated and instead turned away. So hopefully you can interact with some of the crimson volition rather than these pale waifs of creatures. Avery whips his head around to look at the party and goes, did I have fucking red eyes? No. <laughs> Avery's gonna like look back at <laughs> at her and go, what color was Avery's eyes? Do we know? What color are Avery's eyes normally? You don't look at your own eyes. How often do you look at your own eyes? I feel like they're blue. I I'm pretty what... sure they're blue. Let me give me again. Blonde hair, minutes. blue eyes, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a classic himbo. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're blue. <laughs> like pretty bright blue. Okay, then yeah. Whenever you were in werewolf form, they were aggressively blue, like stark. <laughs> they shone out against your fur pattern. CGI blue. Yeah, a little bit. Beautiful blue eyes, like the sky, if you will. It returned and asked them, "What color were my eyes?" Blah blah. Yep. Not Ooh. red. They were blue. They're like your normal, but a little brighter. Everyone's going to turn back. What's that mean then? Well, in the rules of the land, it seems that you were born before the event and you were not here for the event. But I know of no other realm that, well, there was wait, that. Wait, yes. before the event, that was like 80 years ago. I agree. And clearly, Avery, you do not appear to be. <laughs> 80 years old, but time works differently in each of the realms. I mean, to be fair, neither does Gemma. Also fair. Uh, a couple I of hundred, but I don't really look it. I don't remember anything more than... I'm 20? Do you remember your childhood? Yeah. Yeah. It was all on Earth. At the word Earth, <laughs> Captain Aya says, Ah, the Earthen realm. Okay. Is that where Texas resides? Yes, I'm Woodstock as well? Mm-hmm. If it's the Woodstock you're talk we think you're talking about, then yes. Fascinating. Okay, I have heard tell of the Earthen Realm. Did not ever realize that those were one and the same. My people's uh, history books were taken by the hunter's side of town, so we have been sorely lacking in that regard. But it would make sense if you were born here and then, or in one of our realms, and then banished to the Earthen Realm. Time works differently across all of these planes, and it's not unheard of to have different experiences than others across them. That does not make things more clear, just so you know. I agree. I agree. Hmm. Then possibly we could attempt a psychic deep dive into your psyche if you so prefer. Uh, uh, what now? We have spells that involve going into one's mind and discovering memories that they are uncertain of, whether they exist or whether they know them. But werewolves, the stories go, have a slight 
familial memory strand that could follow up your bloodline to see what we know of it and what we can discern from your blood. I'm sorry, are you suggesting that you go into my mind? I'm suggesting y'all go into your mind. Sorry, what do you mean? What? We would take a sample from Avery and do our spell concoction, and then anyone who sips it would embark upon this journey. In Avery's mind? Of sorts. Yeah, I'm not, um, like, just free reign in my mind. Uh, you would be able to have some slight control over what we see and where we experience your memories, but uh, I could go as well as a, a guide of sorts. I've done it for a number of our older residents, trying to remember lost loves and their children who have passed look, on. Sin- yeah. Look, I'm not sure we really know each other well enough yet for you to be suggesting this. I agree. The only other option is you go try to find the final werewolves that we know of in the area and see what they can help you with. And if they decide that they'd rather eat me? Well, then that would seem to imply that you are not the chosen outcast destined to help save us. <laughs> Excuse me, like Captain So wander around in Avery's mind or get eaten by werewolves, possibly, maybe. But I do not believe that would be the case. I believe that they would welcome you in as one of your own and start trying to revert back to their old ways and restore who they used to be. They sense that everything is wrong just as we do. I'm sure of it. But why would they welcome an outcast? Because it wasn't necessarily a purposeful outcast. Arbitrary seems to imply... Actually, let me double check there. Yeah, arbitrary seems to imply it was completely random and not not by choice. Listen, is there like a prophecy like consultant? Because our friend Avery did not ask to be the subject of this prophecy and we did not ask to be here. I have no good reasoning for why the rest of you could have come along. As far as I'm aware, the, the outcast is the only one that we need. But unless you've heard otherwise... Gemma once again shifts uncomfortably. Is okay. Yeah, everybody does remember Kelly said the paragon requires four souls okay just making sure yeah mo doesn't feel like revealing that information okay okay just making sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was a little hard to tell if that was role play or not (laughs) yeah mo just has a kind of like uncomfortable look on their face and is like very tight-lipped well and i don't know if you can answer this noah but uh i'm getting the sense that the first line of the prophecy is about the people that Gemma was trying to stop and the third line might be about, like, the thing that I exploded. And now I'm, like, a weird mortal because of it. Maybe hold those thoughts and I'll have Captain Aya walk away in a second and then you guys can talk about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Captain Aya glances around at everybody and says, I can see that you may need some time to establish a decision. And you're right. I don't know you well enough to inform your decision either way. I will return to the the fire, and she glances up at the sky at the setting sun and says, it's about dinner time, so come back and join us whenever you're ready, or I can't force you to do anything. Make your own decisions, but you're welcome to stay here with us. We have, she glances down sadly and says, room for plenty. Now, I appreciate your assistance, and walks away, back to the group. Yeah. Not to sound like a Star Wars movie, but I got a bad feeling about this. All these options are uh, 
found in real whiskey. I totally agree with that. But talking to other werewolves does sound pretty fun. Can't turn that down. You know, if we go into with a bunch of other werewolves, I I don't know. My chances are great to protect all y'all. We're like kind of awesome. Yeah, I don't know what you mean about protecting. Me and Courtney totally tag team some of those bag of bitches. Oh, I I don't know if what I'm saying is correct or not. I have no way of knowing if it's true, but it feels like the prophecy might have something to do with me as well. Oh yeah, you like totally fucked everything up here. Like totally the villain to these people. That's what they're talking about, right? With all those color flashes. That was your thing, right? You know, a little quieter. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, sorry. I forgot we shouldn't share the information that Gemma is a mass murderer. Now on a all whole right. different level. All right, Lizzie, just give her a sec. Sorry, I'm sorry. She like walks around behind Courtney and is like trying to look up at anything except for Gemma. So like, Gemma, do you like know where we are now? Cause like we need to get home. Like, I don't know. Like, the captain lady, like, sounded like time was passing differently. But, like, if too much time passes, my parents are going to totally freak out. And, like, they're going to have our roommate arrested for, like, murdering us. Oh, my God. Cheerio. How old is Cheerio going to be when we get back? Mo is just going to, like, have a really annoyed look on their face and kind of roll their eyes and go over to Gemma. Gemma, I want to know what you what you're thinking. I mean, you don't, I know you don't know any of these people, but I think you're the one who has the most connection. Do we trust them? Well, the, the first line of the prophecy has to be about the people that I was trying to stop because they were the ones that were abusing the technology. And that was the whole reason that anything even happened. Mm. All right. I, I don't know. Like I can speak to Van and how they were amazing, but I don't know these people. I don't know what they've been through in the last 80 years. I'm, like, totally not a fan of people who think it's just, like, fine to, like, let you go through your friend's brain. Just, like, totally unprepared. Okay, but if I had had the ability to go through Jeremy's mind, then so many things would have been solved so much earlier. Um, I feel like we're getting off track. Ava, how are you feeling? Ah, I don't know. that uh, All that stuff about uh, my family or where I came from, it's weird. I don't know. Did your parents never say anything about why you were a werewolf? I mean, they just wanted me to, you know, not let my claws out in public settings, mostly. I, they didn't tell me too much about uh, anything. I don't know if they knew or just trying to protect me or what, but I don't know. Well, it's your mind and possibly your family, so I don't know that it's really fair for any of us to make this decision. We could also go over to the other side of town and see what the what's up with the hunters, you know? If they've got history books, that could help us. I mean, not me. I hate history books. But Mo I, seems like the type to love history books. Considering, okay. you know, the name, not so sure that'd be the greatest idea for me. They kind of sound like the villains in this scenario. Yeah, I don't know if they sound very friendly. Oh, uh, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> I mean, if you y'all want to go and try and get some information, that's something. But I uh, feel like I might have to sit that one out. You know, I really think that we need to stick together. I think we need to make a collective decision and not separate. I mean, feels like one of these options is a hell of a lot safer and I like it a hell of a lot less. Which option is that, though? Because, like, I'm sorry, you're kind of being vague right now. And, <laughs> like, that's not helpful. 
Lizzie is a menace to society, and I love yes. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lizzie, Lizzie, Avery cannot decide whether or not he wants Lizzie to be his best friend, or if he wants to slap Lizzie across the face every time she opens her mouth. And he, it just it, every time, every time she opens her mouth, I love that dynamic in a shower book, though. Yeah. So good. yeah. I mean, how dark could it get in my mind? You know, he's trying to play it off like there's a like a you know. Lizzie raises her eyebrows at Courtney. Courtney is not comfortable at all. <laughs> if this was Courtney's choice, yeah, yep. that's... Y'all gotta promise not to go, you know, poking around. He's gonna, like, wink. Try and wink. Try and make this. <laughs> Gemma looks offended at the even suggestion. <laughs> Lizzie on, does a I'm big just... sigh. <laughs> okay. I was so excited to learn more about Avery and your personal history. Not really I mean, any business. Sounds like well, I don't know. Well, okay, maybe you can just tell us, Avery. First kiss. Let's go. I don't think that's what they were asking. But it's what I'm asking. Mo is yeah. like putting their head in their hands. Courtney, full on, just like elbows Lizzie in the ribs. <laughs> Fine. Oh my god, shut up! <laughs> I can't eat food. I can't figure out Avery's first kiss. I don't get to do anything. And she like kind of stomps away, but not far. <laughs> I mean, if we can get more information, seems like the the plan that makes sense. I don't love it, but... Well, I don't know if this is possible, but they did say something about a guide. Do you Are trust you her to guide us through your own mind? I mean, I don't even know what I'm looking for. Problem. Seems to be the, the whole point of this mission, if I could tell you it without you coming in. Do you trust her? I would have trusted Van and how it was my life. Oh, she's raised by them. I'd hope we could say the same, but I can't make any promises. Well then, guess we just gotta fuck around and find out, as they say. Also, That's definitely not a phrase from two thousand three, no, but it's good. It's good. <laughs> but it's canon now. Too bad. You don't need to bring Aya if you don't want to. You could try to do it by yourself. It's not unheard of in this world. Obviously, whatever. You. It's up to y'all. I'm not uh, forcing Aya to go with you. I think. I think it'd be important for Aya to go. I think that if they're going to do this, I think Avery's argument is that if they're going to do this, there is no, it feels like if they're going to, if, if they're taking a big swing, they want to have it be successful. Successful. He doesn't want to do this more than once. Fair. Because the compatriots, as you call this, we don't know what we're looking for either. So you'd need an expert. Okay. So do y'all head back to the campfire? Yeah, we have to feed Lizzie. Yes, but Gemma, like, pats Avery on the back as we go. As you make it back to the little courtyard, uh, Captain Aya looks up and has a pleasant, surprised look on her face. Says, ah, so have you have you decided how you wish to best proceed? We've got plenty of food here. Lizzie beelines for it. And we've got beds to rest up if we want to embark on a journey in the morning or a different journey of the mind. <laughs> Gemma looks at her arm and goes, I don't know about you guys, but I could use a rest. I think, yeah, before we uh, do any kind of journey in, some sleep would be nice. Of course, of course. And uh, in the morning, uh, like to hear more about that uh, uh, mind journey. Ah. Feels like might be the safest way of proceeding. Please Beautiful. start. I agree. I agree. Then here, we'll have someone show you to your beds and we'll embark in the morning. 
and she makes sure everybody has some food. She moves off to go check on other people hanging around the area. And somebody comes forward and gestures you guys to a little corner that is more sparse than the others. There's not as many like decorations or knickknacks and points out these five beds and says, you'll be welcome here until morning. Um, don't, uh, don't go off wandering. It's, it's dangerous out there, especially at night. So ooh, be careful. Think, thanks. And they walk away kind of avoiding Avery's side of the group, but not, not obviously. Is there anything else y'all want to do before going to bed or is that the move? Well, that's the move. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Everybody lays down for bed for the evening and give me a survival roll to see oh how well you God. sleep. <laughs> Jeez. A survival roll. Yeah, just just to that see how so restless dire. anybody's dreams are. That is a nat one. Well, he's not sleeping. <laughs> oh no, I got a twenty-five. <laughs> My survival is high. Very good, very good. And Gemma, nine. Okay, okay. So Courtney is up all night. Basically, it's not a very <laughs> restful sleep. You do eventually fall into sleep, but it's not comfortable. You're not loving the bed. It's uh, not what you're used to, I guess. But better than the last long rest you got up in, or was that on the road? I think it might have been on the road. Oh, I slept on the ground. <laughs> yeah. road. Yeah, I don't think we've had a long rest I think yet. We I think we the, the laboratory Kelly. was a long rest, and then oh. the, the road is a long rest. Gotcha. So I still get my spell slot back, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just about how deeply you sleep. But just not. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. Mo, you're loving it. It's it's a great time for you. <laughs> Gemma, it's not bad. It's not the worst night's sleep you've had, but it's a little uncomfortable being this close to memories of Van and we are how it, but you make it through. I feel like she has dreams about Moira. Absolutely. Speaking of dreams, Avery, as you fall asleep, you see a somewhat familiar sight. Off in the distance, you see two people. And it's much clearer now that they are werewolves of some sort and they gesture to you excitedly and ecstatically and they're calling out your name and i would like you to make a perception check to see how much of it you hear wait is this the same figures from the other dream <laughs> but also with advantage because you're you're werewolf <laughs> that's real good because <laughs> that first one was i have a negative two and i rolled a two so it was a zero a ten it's still not great <laughs> So you won't be able to hear me to be able to hear them so badly. So badly. So badly. <laughs> so badly. But that's okay. That's okay. You gonna be like that seagull stop it now video. <laughs> <laughs> you hear them calling across this vast distance between you as they start running towards you, and you hear Avery clear as a bell. And the last word kind of trails off, but you hear it ever so slightly. Valian. And then you wake up. You've completed another episode of Queering People Saving Throws. We are August as Avery, KJ of Supernatural Opinions as Courtney, Delena as Gemma, Sam as Mo, and myself Noah as the DM. Tune in next time to get a little bit deeper into Avery's mindset, but, but for now, check out the episode description for links to our socials and our lovely website, QueeringThingsPodcast.com. We'll be back in two weeks, so if you're enjoying the show, make sure to let us know. We crave feedback, and we'd love to hear you sharing it with your friends. 
Anyways, thanks for listening, and we wish you a peaceful road until we meet again. I could have known that they were cheating on us at not us. <laughs> Let's not establish that. Let's, Let's not. <laughs> nope.